Hello everyone, this is Jonathan Little. I'm here today with the 159th episode of Weekly Poker Hand. Here we are early in the $3,500 buy-in World Poker Tour Seminole Hard Rock Poker Open. Very early in the day. As you can see, we are playing 50-100 with a 30,000 stack, so we have 300 big blinds. I open with Pocket Kings from the Lojack seat, and now the player on the button makes it 900. I don't know anything about these players. We just sat down. And then the player in the small blind decides to cold call 900. And then it gets back around to me. So first question is, do we re-raise or do we call? So I think there's certainly value in both plays. If we re-raise, will that make our opponents fold out stuff like pocket, I don't know, tens and queen jack and ace queen? And I imagine it probably will early in a tournament unless they just think I'm absolutely bonkers. And if they think I'm absolutely bonkers, for all I know, they look at their pocket tens and just decide to get it all in. And do I really want to get it all in for 300 big blinds with pocket kings? And I don't know. <laughs> uh, I mean, this is uh, the thing is, I don't know if they think I'm crazy or if they just are sitting there with aces and trying to blast their stack in, right? So I think either calling or re-raising is fine. I'm really liking this player in seat one sticking around. Uh, the player in the small blind, for those listening, not watching the podcast. By the way, you can watch all of these podcast videos on YouTube or at jonathanlittlepoker.com slash WPH. So make sure you check that out if you are listening. Um, so I could either call or re-raise. If I re-raise, it's probably going to be to about 3,500 or so. But let's see what I do. I do call, and I'm okay with calling. I think a lot of people view calling as just weak and passive, but... Calling keeps the opponents in. And you have to understand, you don't you don't want your opponents to fold out hands that are drawing very thin, unless they're only going to put more money in the pot when they improve to beat you. Now, if you told me the player in uh, the player in the small blind had I don't know pocket eights, and he's only going to put more money in the flop if he or only going to put more money in the pot if he flops a set, well, then I certainly want that player to fold, right? Because he's only going to put more money in when he beats me, and I don't know that, right? But at the same time. A lot of players who cold call the three bets are just sitting there with 10-9 suited. And if they flop a pair, they're going to put a bunch of money in the pot. So I'm certainly happy with him being in the pot. And the player on the button could have all sorts of stuff because, you know, it's just a standard raise in three bet spot. And I like keeping my range concealed because if I do four bet, my opponents are going to assume I have at least a lot of good hands in my four betting range. And when I call, they're going to assume I don't have those hands in my, in my calling range. So now my opponents aren't going to put me on too many pocket kings. So anyway, seven six two two spades. I have no spades. Small blind checks. I check. Let's see what the button does. He bets a thousand, and now the small blind calls. So he bet a thousand into a two thousand eight hundred pot. I think this is a good default bet size for my opponent. I would probably go a little bit bigger in general, but I think it's probably going to be on the weaker side when they bet this small. That said, we don't know what our opponent's doing, so it's difficult to say with any certainty if he just has a great hand or not a great hand, but I would venture to say that sets are pretty unlikely for the button, and the small blind would often raise with sets given there is some obvious draws on the flop, even though those draws are not very likely to be in either mine or the button's range because we're probably not um, raising and calling too many three bets with hands that connect well with 7-6-2. So... This is a spot where I think I have the best hand a lot. It's what it amounts to. It may not appear like it, especially given the pre-flop 
discussion of, you know, we need to be a little bit cautious. But you have to understand, we're not really being cautious because I don't think I have the best hand. We're, we're being a little bit cautious because we want to make our range difficult to play against. So anyway, I like, I like this spot to go ahead and raise. I could certainly have sets, not that I'm trying to bluff. And if I'm only raising with sets here, I think it's fine. But given we do have aces perhaps in our range and kings in our range, I think we can certainly get away with raising. If I raise this and then someone re-raises me, I'm just going to fold. We could also call. The problem with calling, though, is that there are a lot of bad turns for me. Notice any ace and any spade are all particularly bad. And even a card like a queen, jack, 10, or 9, or 8 could be bad if either of these players has the underpair. So I make it 2,800. So it went 1,000 call, I make it 2,800. So only 1,800 on top. And that is a relatively small raise. But in this spot, I when I do raise here, I'm going to have a huge range advantage over my opponents. I'm going to have a few straight flush draws. Maybe a few hands like queen, jack, of spades. And then some sets and hands like kings. And... That's a really tough range to play against, and for that reason, I can justify a small raise. So I like this. And notice I really don't have that many draws in my range, and when you don't have that many draws, very often you just want to raise small. As you have more draws in your range, you want to raise bigger, and me knowing my my low jack opening range and the calling of a three-bet range, like I said, I just have a few a few good, reasonable flush draws here, and that's that's about it in terms of the draws. Like, I don't have 9-8 offsuit, for example. So, turns of 5, completing the 9-8 offsuit. And the small blind checks. I think we can definitely go for value here. The small blinds range, in my eyes, looks a lot like flush draws and overpairs. And he's going to call a reasonable bet with all of that range. I don't want to bet too big, because I don't want the overpairs to fold. Like, it would be a disaster if pocket 10s folded, right? And, you know, the draws would be nice if I could make them fold, but that's fine. If they want to call 5,000 or something like that, that's okay with me. Uh, One thing you'll see a lot of novice players do in this spot is they will just go all in. They think, okay, this guy has either a flush draw or an overpair. I'm in good shape against both of those. I'm going to shove. And what they forget is that the small blind could just have 9-8, right? He could have one of of the four 9-8 suited, very reasonably. He could also just have a set that he's decided to slow play. And when he does have those hands, you're just out of the tournament. (laughs) And you certainly don't want to be out of the tournament on the first hand of the day in a spot where you're just giving your stack away. So betting's fine, but betting gigantic is certainly not fine. So our opponent checks, and I do bet 3,600. So I bet uh, relatively small again. I would probably bet a little bit bigger today, probably closer to 5,000 because um, the draws are going to stick around versus that bet, and they're often not getting quite the right odds. And if if one of the, if a spade comes on the river, I want to make it clear. I'm just checking behind every time. If a 10 comes on the river, I'm probably going to go ahead and bet. But a 9 or an 8, I'm definitely going to check. 4, I'm definitely going to check. 3, probably just going to bet a 3. But um, that's that's generally going to be the river strategy. So I bet 3,600, and I would like a little bit of a bigger bet because my opponent's not getting... He, my opponent's getting the right price to draw at this point. You don't really want to give your opponent the right price to draw, even when they are out of position. You want to make them pay slightly too much. So I think 5,000 would have accomplished that. And I also don't think pocket 10s is going to fold to a 5,000 bet. So I think that would have been slightly better. Rivers of Jack of Spades. Awful river. I say awful. And it may not necessarily appear like the Jack of Spades is awful, but first off, pocket jacks gets there, right? And that is a hand that's well within my opponent's range. And I, I would I, I would actually venture to say that that could be the most likely hand in my opponent's range. Because think about it, right? I raised someone through bet he cold called. 
if you have to give someone a generic cold calling range, it's going to be ace king, pocket jacks, pocket tens, maybe pocket queens. That is the, those are the most obvious hands to cold call for most players. And clearly the jack just nails the pocket jacks, right? Ace kings would have folded on the flop unless it's ace king of spades, right? Another hand that would have played like this, perhaps. And pocket tens is going to fold to a river bet. So jack of spades is an awful river for me. May not appear like it, but it is awful. Jack of diamonds is also pretty bad because if you think about it, jack of jack of non-spades, any jack basically, because if my opponent has pocket tens, he's probably going to fold to a bet on the river now. And if he had ace king, he would have folded already. And if he has pocket jacks, well, I lose. So there's no point in betting on a jack of diamonds river. Uh, 10 is a little bit different because with a 10, my opponent's still going to call pocket jacks. And when a 10 comes, it makes it more, it makes it less likely that he has pocket tens in his range because now there's one on the board. So instead of him having six combinations in his range, he only has three because he, you know, one is on the board and he's missing, missing some now. So anyway, awful, awful river. I'm checking every time and, um, that's what I'm doing. So on the river, any spade I'm checking, any ace I'm checking, any jack I'm checking, and then the um, the obvious straight cards that, that could connect my opponent's range I'm checking. So fun hand, fun spot. Hopefully we win still. Notice we do just win sometimes, right? When he has queens or tens or eight, seven. But he has ace, king of spades, and I lose. So I'm okay with this. I uh, I, I think I played the hand fine. Everyone always likes me to talk about my opponent's play. So what should he have done differently if he should have done anything differently? Well, I probably would have just put in the four bet before the flop. And um, then I still would have just called. (laughs) But I think this is a spot where when it goes raise three bet and you're out of position, you want to be pushing whatever edges you have. And making your opponent's life difficult from out of position often means applying pressure. So I probably would have re-raised this. If he was on the button and it went raise three bet, like say I raise and then the cutoff three bets, he can justify calling. But um, anyway, I would have four bet preflop. And then on the flop, I would have checked J car shark checks. Seat nine bets. I would have gone ahead and check raised immediately. You're going to put, well, all the overpairs in a miserable spot check raising on seven, six, two. And you know, if, if I checked button bets, this guy checked, like say you bet 900, he makes it 3,600. <laughs> I mean, I would have called, but I would have been sick about it. I may have actually even folded if I got the vibe that the player and the small blind really loved his hand. And that would have certainly put me in a tough spot. And clearly if you can make Kings fold, that's, fantastic because he's making he's making his opponents fold almost everything um once he does this check call the flop i think he probably wants to go ahead and just check raise the turn again same story i mean whenever you have a draw if you are not getting the right price to call very often you want to be playing it aggressively but he was getting the right price to call on the turn because i bet a little bit too small so maybe he played that fine the problem is is that his draw this draw in particular just well not this draw in particular but all draws really versus my range just aren't winning at showdown unless they improve and for that reason, maybe you want to raise because on seven six two five, it's way easier for him to have just various sets that he decided to call with before the flop, you know, various hands like pocket fives as opposed to me or pocket sixes. So um, I, I would have played the same more aggressively in my opponent's shoes. And um, all in all, like, I have to be happy with the result because we put a bunch of money in ahead. And when we were behind, we didn't put any more money in the pot. So that is great. That's going to be it for this episode of Weekly Poker Hand. If you like this type of training content, definitely check out pokercoaching.com. There you can get a free one-week trial. We have over 100 quizzes there you can go through and play, and also interactive homework questions where we discuss how to structure ranges and how you would play with all of your hands, not just how we play pocket kings like we did here, but how do you play everything in your range. And 
going through spots like that will help you become a much better poker player. So if you're looking to improve your game, check it out at pokercoaching.com. You can sign up for a completely free trial, and um, you really have no reason not to. Again, thanks very much for being here, and I will talk to you next week.